What's good, Bills Mafia? Welcome to the Sideline, the Sideline Bills podcast. I am your host, Brandon Sturmer, here with my guys, Fred Kilmartin and Keanu Valentine. Guys, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. I mean, it's Monday. Uh, the Bills just uh, defeated the New York Jets 18-10, to 10, a little bit of an ugly game, but uh, a win is a win. Same, man. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. It wasn't the victory Monday I wanted. Wanted to blow them out by like 40, but I'll take what I could get at this point in time. Now, I mean, usually it's like Monday morning quarterback, but is it Monday evening kicker? Are we going that route? Well, I mean, overall, you got to look at this game. And I know a lot of Bills Mafia yesterday after the game, I've seen in several groups, they were, you know, bickering a little bit. But here's the thing. You got to look at this is a division game. I mean, these teams have been playing each other for years. They play each other twice a year. So these are basically grudge matches anyways. Was I surprised that the Bills weren't able to find the end zone? Not at all. I just know that the way that Greg Williams' uh, defense runs, I know he was going to bring some exotic stuff to us and mix stuff up, and we weren't seeing it until we got in the red zone. And when we got in the red zone, we started struggling, and it wasn't just the defense. It was the Bills' offense themselves. We were shooting ourselves in the foot several times. But, hey, Tyler Bass, what can you say about this kid, huh? Yeah, I mean, tying the uh... – the franchise record with Steve Christie for six field goals made that that's quite an impressive feat in itself. I was a little disappointed that he missed the two that he did. It seems like the further away the field goal is the better off he is. Uh, but, but Hey, you know, that's 18 points. That was obviously all the points that we had. He outscored the jets by himself. Uh, Keanu, how'd you feel about the game? Listen, there were bright spots, you know, for, for a get right game, this checked a lot of boxes for me. The defense, obviously, in the first half kind of stalled out a little bit, um, but they showed out in the second half. You're talking about four total yards of offense in the whole second half? This is still a Jets team. It's still a professional NFL football team. If your defense could go out and do that to them, I have no problem with it. Jordan Poyer flying around. I thought that hit with Micah Hyde was I thought it was a bad call. I think he leaned right into him with the shoulder and got him. I, I didn't see him with the helmet. Love the play. Tremaine Edmonds should have had two interceptions. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. I think he robbed himself out of two picks. I, I think that's <laughs> yeah. the national consensus. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nice but I mean, listen, this, this game had great spots in it. Obviously, you want to see them get into the red zone and execute, but They've been doing it all season long, so for me, it's not a question mark. I know when they get into that area, they could score. So, listen, this is a game that's just to get right defensively. They did it. Now we got to move on to the next one, do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, it, overall, we all we were all messaging back and forth the uh, the first and second quarter. You know what's going on here? Here we go again, uh, Fred. You you had mentioned. I, I'm thinking next drive, Josh throws a pick. And you know, and it seemed like that's the that's the road that it was going down. Uh, but once once Dane Jackson uh, made that interception, and then we got that field goal to bring it within ten six to the half, uh, I kind of had that feeling that the that the momentum in the game was in the Bills' hands, and it was definitely a momentum shift. Uh, the defense played phenomenal 
Fred, if if you could touch on that for us. Uh, oh, you, I mean, you, absolutely. I mean, I, I think this defense finally found itself in the second half. Uh, I mean, they started being physical. It started with Jordan Poyer uh, coming up and just hitting. He's playing close to the line of scrimmage. And then um, we can't forget about the, the, the game that Jerry Hughes had. And, I mean, I know a lot of fans have been wondering, I even myself, Jerry, where have you been, man? Come on, we paid you that money. We re-signed you. Where have you been? Uh, this was like uh, – a game of the old for him. I mean, this guy had a breakout game, forced fumble, sack, uh, interception that fell right in his lap. I mean, basically, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better game out of Jerry Hughes. I, I saw him pumping up the defense on the sideline. I, I saw him in between plays talking to the defense. He came out of his own. He showed that what type of a leader he is for this team. And I think this team really started rallying around him. And, you know, the NFL is, is is not just physical, but it's a mental thing too. And this could be that game that pushes this team over the hump finally. You know, they get out of that slump. And, you know, a, a team goes into a slump, and, and it happens in the NFL, especially with everything that went on in the NFL this year as far as no OTAs like I've touched on in the past, uh, no preseason. Uh, the guys, you know, they're, they they didn't get in the rhythm early in the beginning of the season, so uh, they just jumped right into the season. They didn't have any bonding time. So maybe this is that, you know, that that time now that they're finally over the hump. They and this could be the team, the game, uh, and the team that they beat that that pushes this team for because they got a tough schedule coming up, and they're going to need this defense to be to be running on all cylinders going forward. How, you know, how how about Dane Jackson, Keanu? I mean, what, yeah. what did you think of him? I thought he played a hell of a game. Listen, when your number's called and you step up like Dane Jackson did, you work yourself into a spot where they might have to consider letting you stay on that roster and, and get some considerable snaps. He was in the right spot at the right time. Uh, whenever his number was called, it seemed like he was always in the right place. He had two pass deflections. This is the kind of game where you need to you need to step up. Obviously, they're not playing with Hall of Fame wide receivers on that side, but he had his moments where he had to cover Denzel Mims out there, and they're testing you, and he showed out. That's what you need out of a guy like that. Seventh-round pick, you got to make your noise, man. Yeah, but not only that, the fact is that Dane Jackson had the game that he had because, I mean, I, I have been concerned about our corner depth going into this game um, because of the injuries and, and just to play overall, even out of uh, Tredavious White, you know, um, and Josh Norman. So seeing the young guy, Dane Jackson, have a big game, building confidence, and you're also building confidence for us knowing that we have that depth now. So there isn't a concern because I actually thought we were going to have to go shop for a corner, bring in a corner, but seeing the way this kid plays, that's another guy, McDermott and them, did their homework. They brought in a good guy, and this guy's playing dividends right now. He helped win one of these games. So that's you know, off that, to them, guys. That's what I've been seeing from a lot of the armchair GMs. And when it, when it all push comes to shove, we all are. We, we all want to talk about moves. We're going to be talking about trades that we think the Bills could be making here in just a moment. Uh, but you see posts and, and articles and, you know, well, Bean did this wrong, McDermott did this wrong, and Norman was a mistake, and Levi Wallace starting as a mistake, and you know all this, that, and the other. Well, this organization, since Bean and McDermott have taken over, have had a knack for finding guys late round, mid round that are that come in and contribute. 
they've hit on pretty well all the draft picks. It's been it's been something to behold to watch what he's been able to do with this organization in the draft. Dane Jackson, I thought, played a hell of a game. I was I was happy to see it. Uh, kind of making a little bit of a transition into acquisitions. The trade deadline, I believe, is November 3rd. Uh, you hear all about different guys that are on the block and, and different uh, teams that are going to make moves. I, I take a little bit of a different sentiment with it uh, with, where I'm looking at areas of need. And I think that when you look at the areas of need on, on our, our team, clearly it's defense. Uh, but I'd like to hear a couple of the guys that you think the, the Bills could go after. We'll start with you, Keanu. So for me, when I look at guys that I want to pluck, I look at teams that are struggling right now that you could go ahead and kind of, you know, take guy out. I look at the Falcons. They're an absolute mess right now. There's a couple guys on that team that if you pay them the right price, you can get. My guy is Grady Jarrett, defensive tackle for the Atlanta Falcons. Now, look, his 2020 base salary is $5 million. So you can make, you can bring him in, you can make it work. After that, it's kind of backloaded. 2021, 13 and a half. 2022, you're talking about 16 and a half. So he's going to... He's going to be getting paid a little bit, but after 2022, he's off the book. So it works out so where you can get him for the for his best couple of years, and then after that, let him go. Obviously, for me, there's a couple guys on this roster who I would take out right now just to make room for him. But Grady Jarrett's kind of defensive tackle where he can stop the run. He can rush the passer. He can do everything you need for this defense. I think he's the spark that if you bring him in, just like Jerry was yesterday, he can be a catalyst. He can go ahead and plug up the holes. He can get to anybody he needs to get to. He can allow Ed Oliver to eat because Ed Oliver's been missing that dominant force next to him. And the edge rushers can all do their thing as well. That's my guy. If I'm looking at if I'm looking at helping out this defense, I need to go out and get an impact player. The cost, he was a highly touted player, first round pick. I mean, you're gonna have to give him something special. I'd probably try and swing him out maybe a second. So the price for him might be a little expensive. Might even be a second and a filler. Might need a second and a fifth. But at this point in time, I think it's possible to pluck him off that Atlanta Falcons roster. Well, what you were talking about, too, with, with his cap hits, uh, Bean has a tendency to be able to move around some money. So yeah. if if he, if a guy like him was able to be brought in, that's something that maybe a restructure could be done to where they give him a little bit more this year, give him a little bit more in, in the following year and take less – it, he did it with Diggs. He's able to move around some money. It, it's something that, that can be done. Uh, Fred, who, who do you got that, that you'd like to see the Bills bring in? I mean, everybody knows right now our biggest problem right now is that we're missing Starla Tooley. We don't have that big body. We don't have anybody that's going to push that pile and help with the run stop. Um, but I, I would have to say the defensive tackle, Danny Shelton from the Detroit Lions. I mean, Detroit Lions right now, they're they're a 500 team. And to me, it looks like they're starting to fire sale. So, I mean, maybe we can look and, and sniff around to see if we can't pick this guy up. I mean, he's 6'2", 345 pounds. And uh, he's a big run stuffer. And that's what we're missing right now. If we could pick someone up for cheap, uh, maybe do like a, a one-year lease with the guy, just get him in here and, and help you know, push the pile. Uh, that That's what I think this defense is missing right now. Everyone's taking it out on uh, Ed Oliver, and they're saying that he's not producing. But come on, 
this guy's taking on double teams. We don't have that big body to push right now. They're not pushing the pile, and and we need that. Right now, we're we're getting play, pushed off the ball first and second downs because they're running downs, and these offensive lines are just we're little. We're little on the offensive uh, defensive line, and we're just getting pushed off the ball. We need a big body. Maybe we could take a shot, see what they want for this guy. And, and you know, they are fire Salem. And what, the biggest thing, though, with the Bills right now is how much cap do we have and w- what's the cap number going to be for next year? Because, I mean, if it's going to be higher than it was this year, then, okay, we can make some move. But if the NFL lowers it, it's really going to affect on what moves we make. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a few guys. I, I'd like to get a, a couple more uh, out, of you, out of you guys before this is all said and done. I, I had a few, but – a couple of the guys that really intrigued me was uh, linebacker defensive end Ryan Anderson from the Washington football team. Uh, he he had 40 tackles and four sacks last year as strictly a rotational guy. Uh, I think that if he's brought in, he can provide a spark. I want to say that his cap hit is pretty minimal. I want to say it's under $3 million. Um, and then another guy that I was looking at was, uh, Hassan Reddick, uh, linebacker for the Cardinals. However, uh, the Cardinals are fairly good. And after he was, uh, put on the trade block, he has had five sacks since that notice. So uh, as much as I would like to see him, even though his, his, uh, option was declined, I'm thinking that they might just keep him for the rest of the year as the rental. Uh, so I'm going to go with, with a guy that I really enjoy uh, watching him play is Desmond King. Uh, he's a cornerback for the Chargers. He was a all-pro in 2018 as a, as a return guy and a nickel corner. Uh, he got moved to the outside where he's played well, uh, but Chris Harris Jr. was brought in and kind of took that job over, as you would kind of be expected. Uh, but Desmond King, I mean, this guy, he averages 58 tackles a year since 2017. He's got seven and a half career sacks. He's got four career picks. He's only been in the league for three years. So he's a guy to where his option's probably going to be up. Uh, I, I look at another depth guy that could probably step in maybe – the later part of this year, early part of next year, and, and take over a starting role, that would be a guy that I would like to see. Uh, Keanu, I know that before we got on on the air, you were talking about a couple different guys. Who, who's another guy that you were looking into? So the word right now is that Dallas is willing to part with Everson Griffin. I know we need help on that edge as well. Trent Murphy hasn't been it. Mario Addison has been our best pass rusher aside from the Jets game because everybody's high on Hughes right now. Listen, I think if you get another guy in to bring out the spark, Everson Griffin's a hell of a pass rusher. If you can get him out here to Buffalo, if they're willing to part with him, I know his base salary isn't even that bad. I can't remember the number right now, but that can be the spark that we need to go out and get heat from the other side. I would go ahead and be interested in making a move on him. There's another guy who's sitting on the couch right now as we speak. You don't need to trade anything for him. You can bring him in. The, the, the Bills have done it already and kind of let him walk out. Is the linebacker Darren Lee. 
Listen, when he came out of the draft, I absolutely loved him. The Jets picked him very high on him. He was able to do everything from the outside that he needed. He could stop the he could stop the run. He obviously filled in his gaps well. That's college level, though. He can play coverage. This is a guy that needs to play good because he's already, I think, 25 years old. If he can't get on a roster right now, it might be the end of his playing career. You need to get him in. He's hungry. He can actually fill that void at the second level that we need right now because we are lacking depth on that side until Milano gets fully healthy. He didn't look fully healthy yesterday. So this is a situation where I do think we can get him, give him a cheap salary, and let him work. That's a guy I, I really, really hope Dean could bring in and get him because I was absolutely in love with him in the draft. Fred? Yeah, I <clears throat> I actually think that we still need some edge help. So I, I went with defensive end Carlos Dunlop. I mean, he's been in the league for 10 years. I know he's up there in age. But if we could pick this guy up, you know, just for one year, just to help get some pressure. I mean, he was averaging eight sacks a game. Or, I'm sorry, eight sacks a year. So, I mean, I, I, I think that we might have to give up some draft picks, maybe like a third or a fourth. But you bring this guy in, he's still got a high motor. So And, and we need that pressure off the edge. I mean, I think he would complement Jerry Hughes. I Maybe – the Bills were to look maybe like use Trent Murphy and move him off the roster and maybe pick up another veteran. I think this is someone that we could actually look at right now is Carlos Dunlop. Yeah, yeah I know you two funny. are in love with Trent Murphy, man. I don't know about him. I got, I'm got i pretty much done with him. He's just an Irish boy. He's a laddie. I know. I know. He, <laughs> hey, listen, he, he has a switch where I don't understand it. He can turn it up and he can apply pressure. I mean, in, even in that, uh, that playoff game last year, he balled out. If he was to do that consistently, I'd love him. But he has this – he has this mentality. Just, he doesn't do anything. It's like, come on, my dude. We need you. We need you to step up. We're paying you pretty decent. We need to do something, man. I, I don't have anything against Murphy himself. I do think that he's getting paid too much. Um, I, I could see him as a, as a bargaining chip. However, I'm not sure that another team would really want to take on that salary. Uh, that would be that would be an interesting development on, on that front. Uh, the other guy I'm going to go with, I'm actually going to take the offensive route. Uh, I'm, I know that he's unhappy in his situation. I'm going to go with David Njoku, uh, tight end from the Cleveland Browns. He asked for a trade last year and kind of recanted it. Uh, he has re-upped on wanting to be traded. I think that if the Bills could get another playmaker in the tight end position, we do not have one. Uh, Dawson Knox, I, I love the idea of what he could be, but I'm an impatient individual. I don't like the drops. Uh, I have not seen an improvement from that to last year and ball security on, on his front. Uh, I was impressed. We talked about it briefly. Uh, I, I was impressed with Croft yesterday, but I'm not sure that Croft could be much more than what he was yesterday. A few grabs, uh, d pulling a Daniel Jones, tripping over himself when, when he could have been gone. <laughs> uh, it's that turf. I, I, I'm, I'm determined that it's that it's that turf. But uh, Njoku's a guy that – had a real nice year in 2018, 56 grabs, 639 yards, and four touchdowns. He's done that twice. Uh, he's had a little bit of an injury problem, but he seems to be getting healthy. 
uh, he's a he's a guy that I think the the Bills could get for a relatively decent asking price and finally get Lee Smith off the roster, which is something I've wanted for the past two years. Uh, but defense is probably the way to go. I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen by the deadline. All the guys that were mentioned could be a possibility, or they could stand pat and do nothing. Do you think that's a possibility? Here's the thing that you got to look at with the Buffalo Bills. Okay, a lot of these teams that are, that are setting up themselves right now, uh, give you an example, Kansas, example is the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they went and picked up Le'Veon Bell. Yep. All right, they, they got a good squad there. They're the defending champions, and they're still adding pieces. I think it's time for the Buffalo Bills to go and make some moves and move off some of these players that we have on these rosters that are high high price players right now. And I hate to say it, but, I mean, I can see someone like Trent Murphy not making the cut as much as I, I like the guy. I don't think he's he fits in there. you got a young guy in A.J. Epinesa, and we also have Daryl Johnson that's sitting back right. there, and they're not playing this guy either who is a big body and can play all over the off, uh, defensive line. So they need to make some moves right now. They need to shake something up on this team. I don't know what it is, but we know right now this defense is, is in, in a slump. Uh, they, sl- they they fix some things against the Jets, but then again, that is the Jets' offense. So we got some tough games coming up. We got the New England Patriots, Seattle Seahawks, and then we have the Cardinals. So it's not going to be easy the next couple of weeks that we the, in the NFL for the Bills. So I think if they're going to make a trade, they got to make a bold move right now, and that's what I'm going to call. The Bills need to step up. They need to make a bold move and shake things up. Keanu? Yeah, the this is kind of time where you need to you need to put things on the table, man. You need to go out and you need to make a move that's going to actually impact your team. There, there's little moves you can make that we're talking about, but there's guys who, if you really want to get aggressive, you need to go out and get. I love the fact that we're becoming a favorable destination for free agents, for, for trade partners. People are looking at Buffalo now like this might be a place where I can actually go and ball out. This used to be a laughing stock. You couldn't get anybody in the door. Now, guys want to come in here. They see the culture. They see they see the players happy. They see everybody kind of, you know, in conjunction. This is the kind of situation where we wanted to build and we built it. So you can go out and get guys, and they'll be more than happy to come here. We're not just, you know, Winterfell. You know, we're, we're actually a place where that's admirable. Um, but, yeah, you're looking at Andy Reid over there building a dream team. We need to compete. We're going to have to go out there. We're going to make a move. Got to make one that's going to shake things up a little bit. Yeah, now over here in my neck of the woods, I uh, I get to hear all about the Chiefs all the time. I, I'm in Missouri, so I get to, oh, the Super Bowl champs, and I got, I got to hear it at, at work. Oh, yeah, we, we beat you guys. Yeah, oh, I'm, you I'm must done. love that. Yeah, uh, it, it <laughs> drives me up a wall, but, but I'm over it. I'm moving on, just like the Bills are moving on, back home, Bills Field, going to play the New England Patriots, who I am actually probably a little bit more concerned about than you guys are, and it's mainly because of their top 10 rushing attack that not really anybody talks about. I'm not sure. They look like they're going to be on a downward spiral. It looks like Cam Newton is kind of doing the Cam Newton thing. Or as our guy JT calls him, Scam Newton. I'm going to steal that. I love it. I'm going to keep it. Uh, I, I don't. 
he doesn't really scare me. His mobility and Bill's lack of rush defense. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of take away the second half of the Jets game and not really say it was an anomaly, but is it consistent? We don't know. Can it be consistent coming in Sunday? What do you think, Keanu? This is a team that whenever we play them, they seem to have their way with us running the ball. They have a they have a crazy stable of backs that I know people down downplay, but Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, um, James White, they got guys who can move the ball. And when your quarterbacks Cam Newton, listen, I know everybody's dogging them right now. I know I know that San Francisco game didn't leave much to be happy about with their fan base, but that's a dog, man. He he took a crazy salary coming. I think it was $1 million I think he's making. This is about making a statement for him. You put him in a situation like this, and he's going to want to come out and show out. I'm a little nervous about him too, but I do think this is a team that we can exploit. I think this is a team we can, we can go out and we can make some moves against. Josh Allen needs to come out here. Do exactly what he did. Take take what the defense gave you, because you know Bill Belichick is gonna he's gonna scheme it the way Andy Reid did. He's gonna take away everything out top. He's gonna make you work from underneath. This is the kind of game where Josh Allen needs to go out and work underneath. You finally started finding success with Cole Beasley. Thank you. Do it again. He's going to be open underneath. You know they're gonna lock Stephon Gilmore on on Stephon Diggs. Do not force the issue to Stephon Diggs. Because Gilmore will pick you off and he will take it to the house. That is the best corner in football. You need to find the matchups and you need to play the matchups. You want me to say it again? And I'll keep saying it. All right? All right? Buffalo Bills need to do one thing and one thing only, and I've been asking all year for it. It's run the damn ball. Okay? The Patriots are ranked right now on defense 27th. And they're giving up 132 yards on the ground. Buffalo needs to come in here and run the ball because they run the ball. They're ranked fourth in rushing, and they average in 155 yards. And it doesn't matter if Cam can't do it; they're going to hand the ball off to the four backs that they can, that they have that can. So, plain and simple, I've been saying it. Moss is back; he's healthy. You got Singletary. There's no reason why Josh Allen is running more than our running backs. Dable needs to get his head out of his butt, and he needs to start running these kids. I'm telling you right now, Devin Singletary can single-handedly take over a game himself, given the opportunity. But when you got two running backs that are carrying the ball for 15 times between the two of them for only 70 yards, that's not going to get it done. All right? They have a good defense over there in New England. There's nothing – you can't take that away. They have a good defense, Okay. Right now, that team is in, in a mess right now. We don't even know if Cam Newton's going to be the starter. We don't know who we're going to see at quarterback. But we do know that Bill Belichick is still there. Bill Belichick knows how to beat the Bills, and he's going to bring it. Bring it. And that's why the Bills have to do something different, okay? We got to change it up. We can't keep coming out and doing the same plays over and over against. Uh, defense is reading it. And I've noticed already defenses are not stacking the box like they did last year. Now they're playing off. They're playing extra DBs out there. They're looking for the pass. They're getting in the lanes. If John Brown's not there, Josh Allen is going to struggle passing the ball and making those big plays down the field because John Brown's not there to take the top off on the other side of the defense. And like you just touched on, 
Gilmore's probably going to be following Diggs around. But yeah. I, I think Diggs will catch the edge on him. But I really want to see John Brown there. But Brown did it last year. I'm telling you, <laughs> you can't take this game lightly. And plus, again, it's a division game. And this is a game I feel the Bills must win. I think this is a must-win Bill a game for the Bills. It's in Buffalo. And right now the Patriots are coming off a game where they were just embarrassed by the 49ers. So they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. So um, it's going to be a tough game. Either way you look at it, it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, I mean, I think that for, – first off, before I make my point uh, – do you think it's a coincidence that you said run the damn ball or is it run the day ball? Is that? <laughs> yeah, it's probably both the same. People <laughs> run the damn ball. Either way. I mean, I mean, when, when they rush, when, when they rush the ball yesterday, uh, everybody looked good for, for the most part. I was impressed with Moss. That was the first time that he was, I don't want to say showcase because it's not like he had 20 carries, but he looked good. Um, I was impressed. Let me had a couple nice catches too, um, showing that he's more versatile than than what I had initially talked about. You guys know how I feel about TJ Yeldon. I, I felt like TJ Yeldon should have been the number two back from the jump, and, and part of me still still does feel that way. I think that he's a, a versatile piece that can be used in this offense, but that's neither here nor there at the moment. Uh, Eric Wood touched on it yesterday uh, post game for the Bills said that the Bills uh, have comfortably, it, this is what he's taking from the locker room, comfortably made the transition to a pass-first offense. Clearly. We've, we've seen that. But even the pass-first teams, the Green Bay Packers, the Kansas City Chiefs, they have good running backs uh, as a matter of fact, the the Packers running back Jones led the league in rushing last year. Uh, I mean, they're, I mean these these quarterbacks you need good running games at the very least, and we have a good running game. It's just not being used. Um, it, it's something that I'm hoping they they get them involved with a little bit more. Keanu, you touched on it. Josh not pressing the issue. This is the first time. And I was impressed with a 300-yard game in this juncture because he didn't push anything down the field. What I like seeing was that first uh, his first pass attempt was a swing pass to Singletary, getting him comfortable, getting the passes, getting the rhythm going right off the bat. And it was a dip and dunk. It reminded me of a boring Tom Brady West Coast offense type game. But he did it well. Uh we drove down the field, just didn't capitalize, but we got enough points. We, we got the W. I think that red zone efficiency is going to be a, a thing that they're going to need to focus on big time this week. This is not a team that you can beat with just field goals. Uh, the past two weeks, I guess they could have. But Well, uh, well here's the thing, though, plain and simple. If you don't run the ball – I mean, you're gonna you're gonna put your defense in a predicament where they're gonna have to try to make a big play, and they're gonna be out there way too much. That's Absolutely. why you run the ball, you take the clock, and, and you give your defense some rest. But when you're trying to go out there and throw the ball, and it's three and out, three and out, three and out, you're not giving that defense any help. You really aren't. Right. And you know you're starting to get now the the weather's starting to change. You're gonna be in Buffalo. Who knows what's? I mean, Denver just had snow. All right. 
Um, where I'm at, we have snow in the forecast this week. I'm not going to lie to you. So there's a chance we could see some nasty weather. I'm not saying a blizzard, but, I mean, it could happen. I mean, we're in right. Buffalo. We had Lake <laughs> Effect. Buffalo, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it could happen. But the fact is, is that Josh Allen is not going to be able to keep throwing the ball uh, once this weather changes 50 damn times a game. Right. Okay? Start using the other weapons that you drafted. These yeah. are two running backs we picked up in the third round. They're not picked up in the third round just to sit on the bench and come out and catch a couple passes here and there. They're workhorses. you got to start riding your horses, coach. Yeah, it's 2020, man. Who knows? We might start getting snow out here in Florida, man. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> As he's <laughs> nah, sitting in a tank top. <laughs> Hey, man, bring it on, baby. Now, listen, man, and anyone who's played the game knows when it gets cold out there, those throws that Josh Allen be darting in there, them bullets, Yeah, you hurt a little more when, when you're trying to catch those, man. Yep. Things will break your finger out there in that cold weather. You're going to so. break off Stephon Diggs' fingers. He's going to be pissed. Yeah, you don't, don't want to do that. Right? But, no, yeah, this, this, is, this is the time when you got to start implementing the run. I mean, this is something that Bills fans aren't accustomed to. So they're seeing all these, they're seeing all these passing yards and all these passing attempts, and it's something that's reminiscent of like a Aaron Rodgers type offense. They they throw so much. This is just a this is just a phase into you know getting into that passing mentality. So with balance is not really what you're looking for right now. You're looking for you're looking to throw more. You want to throw more. This is what we do good, but. You do have to start implementing that run little by little. I think that's more of a testament to the guard play, though. I think the interior of the offensive line has been absolutely tremendous, man. I mean, sorry. Ooh. That was sarcasm. I was sorry. Yeah. I mean, John Feliciano, I, I really want this guy back there because this guy's a mauler. Uh, but you're right, though. The offensive line, I mean, I, I've been preaching how great they've been doing, but it seems like they're letting us down, though. But is yeah, it the yeah. offensive line or is it just – is it just Dable putting them in a, a, a spot to fail? I mean, is it the play calling? Uh, I mean, how many times did we see him try to run Singletary off tackle? He, he's not that guy. That guy's got to be out in space. I mean, you're throwing screens to your tight ends. Why not get your running backs involved in that? Right. Um, I, I don't know what, what Dable thinks. I mean, all I know is I'm looking at the numbers, and I know that right now going into this game, it's another team. The, the New England Patriots, they give they give up yards on, on the run on the defense um, side of the ball. So I, I would say if I'm game planning, my number one goal is going to come out and run the ball. Uh, I thought it was going to be the same way against the Jets, but I guess I was wrong. We came out and threw the ball for 40, 40 times. And, you know, what shocked me is I'm watching the game and the stats popped up. I'm 300 yards. I'm like, Josh threw the ball for 300 yards? I had that same feeling. We didn't even get a touchdown. I mean, how is that even possible? I mean, the last two, three years, the Bills fans are like, hey, when's the next quarterback going to throw for 300 yards? And now Josh has done it, what, five times already this year. And this was the first game he threw for 300, and we didn't score a touchdown. So, I mean, not only that, uh, not only that, but it was the first time he's thrown for 300 yards without completing a pass of 20 plus yards. But you can't be one dimensional in the NFL. Everybody knows that. Okay. You got to have the running, you got to get the pass. And then I thought it was funny. We tried to do a play action. I'm like, really? 
I, we haven't we ran the ball twice, and you're going to come out with a play action in uh, towards the end of the second quarter, and then it was for what four or five yards. I'm like, listen, maybe pass the ball to open up the run. But in the early 80s and 90s, it was always run the ball to open up the pass. So maybe someone needs to let Dable know, once you establish the pass and you don't have nine guys in the box, start running the rock. I don't, I don't know if you noticed. Uh, of course, with no fans in the stands, you can hear more of the talk on the field. Uh, but the Jets safety, Marcus May, you talked about that play action. Uh, when that play was over with, you heard May go up to Allen and say, are you serious right now? <laughs> and that was pretty much the sentiment that I had sitting on the couch. Are you serious right now? Are you? Are you come on. Are you really trying play action right here? Yeah. It's something that they they did it well, and that's where Josh was thriving the past two seasons was in the play action. But we also had a top five, top ten rushing team. It's something that that's got to be looked into. It's got to it's got to be something that they implement more especially as the season goes on. You talk about the weather. Uh, you talk about the wear on a guy's arm. Allen's young. He can throw the ball as much as he wants uh, across the yard and probably be fine. But you got to look at the longevity of the season. you got to look at who we're going to be playing. We had just mentioned the schedule upcoming past the Patriots, Seattle and Arizona. I, I mean, it, it's a tough, tough slate. The division games are the most important ones to win. If we start off in the division 5-0 and before we hit the bye, or 4-0 and before we hit the bye, that, that's huge. It's huge. And, and to be able to get another home win, uh, I, I think that we can all agree that home field and a bye is out the window at, at this point. Losing to the Titans and losing to the Chiefs, yeah, and and the Steelers are right there. Those are probably going to be the one, two, and three seeds. But you could take the division at the fourth seed, and of course, there's now an additional playoff team added. But, but there's it, still a chance that we could host a playoff game just if we can. Yeah, win yeah. I mean, and and that would be the goal. And for, I mean, but between the three of us right now, I, I realistically, I, I gotta say that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are probably the best team right now in the AFC East or the AFC. I'm sorry. I think they're the best team in the NFL. That, I, well, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> look pretty, that they look pretty beast, and I'm worried about that Sunday night game. <laughs> I oh, hope man. that Roethlisberger stubs his toe or something. <laughs> we're you know we're not playing Duck Hodges. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it, that's I, I'm looking. I'm looking ahead to. the I don't want to hear the renegade. Oh man! <laughs> no, I don't just, think we're gonna be waving the. I don't think we're gonna be waving the towels this time. Uh, the boys gonna be sitting I'm, on the I'm bench. Looking like, ahead. Uh, I'm looking ahead, and I try not to, but you know, you as a Bills fan, you can't help but to to look ahead a little bit, and the way that Seattle and Arizona played last night. Oof. What an unbelievable game. Kyler but you want to – yeah, it was an unbelievable game. But, again, fellas, we see a trend, okay? Where is the defense? Right. Yeah, it's happening all over the league. It's hard to, it's hard to stop offenses like that. Yeah, but, I mean, man. if you like I said before, if you look right now, the NFL to me is trending to start becoming the uh, college. Right. It really is. I mean, there's 
50, 60 game, uh, scores and no defense. And, uh, I mean, I hate to say it. I, I know the NFL wants that. They, they've been wanting that. They want the high power. They want the high scoring for ratings and everything. But I'm the old school guy. I don't want that. I want that smash mouth football, come and punch you in the mouth defense. That's what I want. I don't want none of this high scoring, air it out. And I, I want to see the players play football. That's what I want. I want to see a physical brand of football. That's what I like to watch. This is the Sideline to Sideline podcast. We touch on every aspect of the game. We try to touch on every aspect of what's going on in the Bills organization. Guys, before we wrap it up, is there anything else that you'd like to say, get a message out to Bills Mafia, anything like that? Bills Mafia, keep believing, okay? (laughs) This season is not over. This is the second time in two years the Buffalo Bills have started off five and two. So uh, we got to keep going and you got to keep the faith. Keep pushing these guys. Keep believing in these guys. It's a long season. We're not even halfway there yet. Yeah, listen, it's time to be the bully of the division. We've witnessed this way too long of the Patriots torturing us. This is the year that we need to go out and put our foot on their throats and down them. My girl is a Patriot fan. I'm not trying to go back to the crib and have us sit there and rub that in my face. We need to stop this right now. We need to go out, get them from the start, run the ball right down their throat, like Fred said. Listen, Bills Mafia, man, we we five and two, should be six and two. All right, that's the mentality. Go out. We should win this game. Let's get that through our heads. Let's stop being worried about these teams like the Jets and the Patriots. And let's beat them. We're the best team in the division. Act like it. Let's go, Buffalo. Come on, man. I will. Uh, I will leave on on a final note here on a on a brief story that I had gotten from a friend of mine earlier. Obviously, like, like I said, I'm near the Kansas City area. I had had a a friend go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame this off season. And he talked about how there's a theater room in, in Canton where they do highlights and they do an entire story of that year's Super Bowl winner. Uh, talked about how they showed the video of the chiefs and, and everything like that from top to bottom of their roster and organization. He said just an unbelievable, he's like, it was a theatrical masterpiece. And of course he's going to say that he's a diehard chiefs fan. So I told him uh, it's 2020. This is the weirdest year in existence since my existence. And I'm 31. I haven't been around all that long. But this is my weirdest year of existence. Uh, And in the year of weird, I'd like to go to Canton next year and watch the Bills in that that theater room. Can it happen? We got a lot of good teams, a a lot of good competition. But like Fred said, we gotta believe. Guys, this is the STS Podcast. Thanks for joining us. You'll be seeing us next time. Thanks for listening.